and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games that you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennecke. Today's show is the first one for 2015, you know, after Game of the Year, if you want to count Game of the Year. Uh, but our show today is on sound shapes for the PlayStation Vita, and my guest is Pierce Corshane. Hello, Pierce. Hello, what's up? It's uh, It's been a little while. I'm trying to remember the last thing that we talked about. Was that Ruby and Sapphire? Um, Did we, I think no. it was Tetris, actually, yeah. It was Tetris? Man. Yeah, was you're right. Yeah, no, I think it was Tetris, yeah. Okay. It's We've talked about a Pokemon like before, though. More than that, yeah. We, we talked about Gold and Silver? <sighs> you don't remember anything. I don't. I'm really, I'm blanking. What does this relation mean to you anymore? Uh, I don't know. I, well, I think the last one we talked about was Tetris, and then before that, it was uh, Red and Blue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you're correct. All right, but today we're talking about Sound Shapes, uh, which, about Sound Shapes. <sighs> which is a game that came out in 2012 for the PlayStation Vita and PlayStation 3. Um, it is now available on PlayStation 4. I think it's I think it's all cross-buy. I think if you buy one version, you get it everywhere. Yeah, um, and they're doing that nowadays, aren't they? Yeah, and this, this is a really good game for that, uh, I would say. It, it uh, looks and sounds great on all systems that it's on. I, I have not played it on PS4. I would assume it's even sharper. Uh, it's wonderful. Big screen. Yeah. I, I, mean, I played it. Uh, so the thing about Sound Shapes, this is the game that got me to buy a PlayStation Vita. And I didn't even play it on PlayStation Vita. <laughs> I went, uh, went to a friend's place, uh, Brian Edelman, who uh, was used to do the uh, World 8 podcast with me. Uh, so he moved out to Los Angeles, and I went to Los Angeles for Christmas to vacation with my family, and ended up you know staying at his place for a night and hanging out with him. And he's like, "Yeah, have you played Sound Shapes?" And at the time, I didn't own a PS4, I didn't own a or a PS3 uh, or a Vita, and, and I was like, "No, no, that's the only way I would have done it." And uh, and he's like, hey, well, here, here's the controller, just just play around. And he had it for PS3. He had a Vita, but I, I don't think he had it on the system. And I spent the whole, not the whole night, but I just sat through and finished that game, you know, beginning to end, because that is a damn good game. Um, it is a damn good game. And it's an addictive game, too. Ab- absolutely. Uh, so for, the, for those that don't know, let's set up the scene a little bit. Uh, Sound Shapes is... At its core, a platformer. Um, you're, it's it's a pretty simplistic platformer too. Um, your character is a little ball that uh, that you know you move from uh, generally left to right. Um, I guess you can make levels that uh, there can be levels that go from right to left or up and down and down and up or whatever you mm-hmm. want to do. But they do use the full screen. You can kind of move back and forth. Yeah. Um, but at its core, it's a platformer, and the only real special ability you have is uh, the ability to stick to certain surfaces. So you kind of have a little bit of freedom of movement where your your character can kind of um, move from thing to thing. And you're able, it, I mean, it's not a hard platformer. You're not making tons of crazy jumps um, okay. anytime you quote-unquote die uh, by by hitting anything that is red. Red is the, the bad color in that game. Um, you just you stay at that screen. You just start over from that screen or, uh, sorry, that's not actually correct. You, you start over from a checkpoint, and checkpoints 
at least through the campaign They're of generous. the game, are very generous. Uh, and you will almost always see at least one per screen, sometimes even more uh, per screen. Um, so that's, I mean, that's sound shapes at a basic level, but then there's also the, the sound part of the sound shapes and every level has these coins spread around and the coins tie into different musical notes. And they're actually, uh, if you imagine that there would be a, um, like sheet music underneath the, the platforming space, like an invisible, um, what what do you call that? Like that, the, just the line of music, uh, a scale rather. Like there's a yeah. just imagine that there's a scale in the background, and the higher a coin is on the screen, is the higher the note would be on the scale. Um, so it makes the levels kind of interesting when you're collecting to to build a level around a a musical track that you'd like to make, and the music will kind of build from screen to screen. I think it's a, a two-screen radius from uh, whenever you collect one of the coins that makes a sound. So your sound will continue into the next couple screens before it fades out. But, you know, in the next couple screens, you'll have also picked up more coins and you're building a real musical experience, almost a song, uh, depending on how... Uh, proficient you are at the actual platforming and, and getting through the game, getting through the levels in a in a timely manner. But um, it it does have a very musical quality to it, and and you are participating in making that music, and uh, that's why it's such an awesome game. It has a really nice art style that is, uh, I'd say maybe like a touch pastelly, wouldn't you say? Like maybe a little desaturated, just just a touch. Yeah, I mean, well, and I think what's also kind of interesting about their art style is because the worlds are so different, they do adapt to different art styles, so there really is no one uh, overall theme, I don't think, to the art style, other than your blob. Yeah, uh, you're you're totally right. I, I mean, I guess the I would say that the palettes are a little uh, desaturated across the board, but uh, even, yeah, absolutely. even absolutely. so, yeah, like the, the, the actual levels that you're going through. One of the cool things about this game is that um, they want to th- keep the music theme going throughout the game. So the levels are, I mean, you're not doing worlds like you are in Mario. These are albums and the albums have different tracks and those tracks kind of come together and have their own specific themes that, that kind of hint at the idea of, you know, this is what this album's about. It's going to be uh, crazy and electronic and, and high, high powered. And then this one is a little softer and and you kind of get some different styles. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'll we'll get into more of the specific stuff in a bit. But I want to ask you more about your experience with Sound Shapes. Like, when did you? Because uh, I picked it up right when it came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do not believe that is your experience. No, 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 not at all. You had been badgering me about it for uh, for those two years. That does sound like something I, I would do. It's something you do a lot, and actually I've gotten into a lot of good games because of that, so I can't uh, tease you too much about it. But um, yeah, about, uh, I want to say like two months ago, pretty late in the game, um, I was just bored on one night, and I remember you talking about sound shapes, and I kind of just picked it up on a whim, and I turned off all the lights and just like played it in the dark, and it was a truly remarkable experience. 
Yeah, it, so, it definitely is. Um, that's how I got started with it. But once I started getting into it, and um, I, I had a very similar experience. Once you start playing, you you can't really stop because there is variation in the art and there's variation in the music. There's not necessarily variation in the gameplay. So it's a very relaxing experience and it's a very rewarding experience, but it's not a very difficult experience. And I think that kind of propels you to discover a little bit more about what this game is going to give you, Um, not in a very, uh, like I said, stressful way or or difficult way whatsoever. Right. I mean, it's and it's not a particularly long game either. Uh, There are, I want to say, five five albums uh yeah, six, right. six if you count like the the dlc uh car pack that they added but that's really only two tracks um so i i don't know if i'd count that um but each album has you know three to five um tracks in it so there's you know uh level wise i don't know the exact number but it's you know, it's it's not super high. You're you're going to be able to finish this game within a couple sittings, if not one, um, unless you really want to stretch it out and just say, "Oh, I'll do an album night." Um, yeah, that's probably the best way. If anyone's going to get into this game, I want them to pump the brakes and enjoy it and kind of take it like wine. Um, don't chug it down because it is a very short game, and I think I, I don't want to say that's a problem because. I have less time than I do than I did before, and I enjoy shorter games, especially in a game like this where there isn't a lot that's going to change over the course of it. Um, it's definitely a, a good length for it. Yeah, and and I don't want to shortchange this game either by by telling people, oh, it's short, you shouldn't play it, because I think there's a lot of value to those levels, and definitely replaying those levels. And outside of that, there's a a bevy of extra modes and things to do outside of just the main campaign. Mm-hmm. So so in the in the main campaign um they they do time you and they uh you, the the coins you collect are not mandatory. You can go from one side of the level to the other and collect as few coins as possible and you're still going to be fine. Um uh, but they do count up how many of the coins you found through the course of a level. So um there are times where, you know, maybe somebody, maybe they hide one in, in kind of a less conspicuous space and you might want to go back and, and make sure you grab that last coin that you, that you didn't get before. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and then, you know, a lot of it, keeping that music tie through it, sometimes you just want to hear one of the songs again. Uh, and, and the songs are so, um, are so customized by your interaction that it's, it's really hard to pull them out as songs by themselves. You're not going to see a, a Sound Shapes original soundtrack because it, it, I don't think you could, uh, the way they right. layer the music in there. I, I have found people who have tried. Um, there, are, there are three specific songs that we'll get into um, later when we're talking about the specific albums, which will probably uh, start uh, really soon. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was able to find some enterprising uh, gentleman or lady who uh, who took it upon themselves to turn a f- couple of levels into fully realized tracks, and I was sure to download them. So we will uh, probably play one or two of those through uh, throughout the show. Maybe at nice. the end. Maybe at the end credits. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you want to get into the to the albums themselves? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. 
so the first one, uh, the cool thing about one of the coolest things about sound shapes, other than just the way the game itself is awesome, uh, is that each of these albums feels completely different from each other uh, in the fact that they were made by completely different people. Uh, so Queasy Games, uh, and just to kind of uh, backtrack just a bit, uh, Queasy Games is really one guy, kind of two guys. Uh, it's really Jonathan Mack, who is a um, Toronto-based game developer. Uh, he also worked on uh, a game that you might know, Everyday Shooter, uh, that was on the, the PSP. Um, that game's kind of like an Asteroids meets um, uh, Geometry Wars, but it's a little more chill. And again, it's, it's also more music-based. Uh, because Jonathan Mack himself is a musician as well as a, a game developer, so he really you know wants to stress that um, harmony, uh, no pun intended, that <laughs> games and music can can come together and make. Uh, so Everyday Shooter is pretty good. I am bad at Everyday Shooter, so I did not play it uh, all that often. Um, but uh, so Sound Shapes comes from him, and then another guy named uh, Sean Shahan Leem. Um, who uh, is a musician himself and has kind of uh, worked a little bit in in game development as well. Um, So these two guys kind of came together and were working on projects. Like uh, Jonathan came to him and uh, came to one of his music shows, in fact. And and they, uh, they ended up, like he showed him, you know, some ideas of things that he was working on. And uh, Shahan was was like, "All right, let's let's work together." So they were thinking of ideas. They were coming up with like visuals for the background of his shows, and then uh, they kind of stumbled on this idea of sound shapes and just ran with it. Um, anyway, so the first album is made by Queasy Games. So it is these two guys who uh, who really made these levels, and they are they're actually some of my favorites. They're the easiest levels, being being the first few, uh, but I. I that first level that you hit, I, I believe it's called Hello World. Let me. Let me... I think that's the album. The, fir- the first level is um, Hills and Spills. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, Hello World's the album, Hills and Spills. Hills and Spills, I think, has just a great track. Um, I, it's a, I wish it's I, a great introduction. I game. wish I could pull it out and and play a little bit for you, but you might just have to play the game yourself or or look it up on YouTube. So many people have put up um, like videos of them playing through the level. And it will frustrate you when they die because you just want to hear the music play correctly. Um, so you might need to pick up the game yourself and, and make sure you do a perfect run. But um, yeah, there are some there are some really good sounds. I'm I'm gonna give a forewarning to people. I am garbage at being able to describe music in any way, uh, which is one of the reasons I brought Pierce on because he can do that better than I can. Um, <laughs> So can you describe to me why I like that first level so much? Yeah, it's a very, uh, I hate to use the word twee, but it's a very twee and very indie pop um, bubblegum sound to the first album. And it's, uh, we were talking a little bit about the colors, and I think the palette in that first album is also very bright. Mm -hmm. It's very almost, um, not neon, but it's a very happy album and i think it has this pop track throughout throughout all of the the tracks um that is 
you would expect it from like an Australian pop group that just hits date sign and <laughs> they're all over the radio on, and during the summer. It's that kind of album. And it's um, it's one of the albums that is more uh, grounded to like an earth idea. Um, you're going to see water. You're going to see uh, lava. You're going to see trees and things like that. And, and it makes it feel more tied to a world, whereas some of the other ones get a little... Um, more abstract in in some of their themes yeah it, it is a very um traditional platforming environment i think and that first level i mean it, it basically has a day night cycle too uh because you're able to change palettes uh from screen to screen um and imagine the screens almost like Mega Man, where you kind of finish one and move into the other uh you can pierce mentioned you can go back to those uh for really no reason um but uh, just they're they're segmented that way, and with the segments you can change the color palette. So I I know eventually that that level turns dark, and it's it's more like a sleepy forest, and the music reflects that um, that kind of calmer tone. And damn, that's a great way to lead off a game. <laughs> it really is. And that um, my favorite track, probably in the entire game, is actually on that album. It's the last track of that album. Really? What one's that um, called? It's like I think it's called Rowdy Dowdy. That sounds um, right. And it's it, like you said, it's in it's uh, during the night, and there is like a sleeping forest. And this whole time, you've been experimenting with very simple notes, and then they start to incorporate a little more uh, complexities to these notes. So there's a, a twangy like banjo or something. Mm comes in toward the end and you heard it now and then early on they kind of tease you with it and then they really start bringing it in and they really start making the the track a lot more complex and it all builds to this to this ending to the ending of the the entire album and i think that's one of the things i've always loved about sound shapes is that there there might not be a a, like a physical and um uh dialogue driven narrative but they use music to to tell a story and especially on that first one i think actually that one's the most abstract because there isn't a big story to that album it's just this song that builds and builds and builds for four tracks and then it climaxes at during this night sequence where you come up into the clouds you you slowly climb up into this invisible space and you come up into the clouds and the clouds are singing at you and that's the first time you hear anyone singing i believe mm-hmm. Uh, one, we'll talk about the, uh, the level creator in a second, but one of the cool things about the level creator is that any of the objects, almost like a little big planet, any of the objects that you find within the game, uh, you can use as, uh, pieces to create your own levels. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find when you're, when you're playing through that, because it's not something I noticed until I actually started trying to build levels myself, is that some of the objects themselves have musical qualities like i i mean almost all the objects that you interact with make some sort of sound uh whether you're touching them or or bounce off them or or something like that um but uh there are so those clouds that you say are singing they're literally singing it is the clouds that is doing that it is not the it's the cloud object that is doing that it's not uh music that you're picking up through the through the coins um, so you can bring in some of those own bring you can bring in some of those sounds to your own levels, um, 
and there yeah, are there are some specific like the, ones that, that are my absolute favorites later in the game that we'll we'll get to as we're going through the albums that uh, I would love to just spam into levels because I just want to hear a couple of those samples come come back through. Totally, yeah. I, on, on that note, there are um, the trees or some of the trees. They make they emit a sound when you you jump on them. Mm-hmm. So there are official notes and there are also unofficial notes that you can kind of improvise with your own. I, I wasn't patient enough to try to like infuse my little personalized touch to any of the songs, but yeah, know. I don't think I was either. I mean, it's cool that you can kind of do a little jam session thing if you want to, mm-hmm. but I, I really do think the point of the game is to progress through these sounds and, and to hear, hear the music that you make through that. Yeah. All right, so moving on from that first album, uh, the second album, I would say, is one of the more... <laughs> I mean, this isn't a game filled with controversy, but I would say it's it's more of the... Uh, uh, this is where differing opinions come in. Um, so the second album is uh, done by Jim Guthrie, uh, who worked on the music for uh, Sword and Sorcery, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery, on the oh. uh, iPad uh, and iPhone, and it might be on and Android. I, I know they did come out with a PC version that is that is pretty cool as well. Um, Thank you. So Jim Guthrie does the music for this, and the Super Brothers, the actual developers of Sword and Sorcery, um, made brought their similar pixel art style, those kind of uh, stretched, lengthened pixels, uh, which I, I think is a really cool style to work in. Um, as you probably heard on the um, Gamers on the Go episode all about Sword and Sorcery with Zach Fleeman, if you want to listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember what episode that Sales was. Plug. But you can find it on GamersOnTheGo.com <laughs> for sure. Uh, anyway, um, so it's it's kind of that team coming in and making their own album. Um, and from some of the conversations I've had with many people, and I don't know yours, Pierce, so I'm interested in hearing yeah. what you have to say. Uh, this is not one of the more popular albums um, for for some whatever reasons. But uh, how do you feel about Corporeal? Yeah. Um, well, I, I to backtrack a little bit, I didn't enjoy Super Brothers all that much. So coming into the album and seeing the album art style, I was kind of repulsed because I wasn't looking ahead. You know, I didn't know until I started. I booted up the level and I found out that Jim Guthrie did this and uh, whoever the guys were that uh, helped out in Super Brothers. But um, I guess as time has gone on and I've had some time away from the game and I've come back to the game, I like this album more and more. Would you like me to explain the overall theme? Uh, Yeah. uh, Before you do, uh, I just picked up my my PlayStation Vita and uh, to look through some of the albums and I realized I made a mistake. Um, while the Hello World, that first album's uh, soundtrack, is by uh, Shahan uh, Leem uh, from Queasy, the graphics are actually uh, by Cappy Games, which is another developer in Canada. Um, and from the interviews that I've heard with Jonathan Mack uh, before, it is like oh, those all the can- all the Canadian developers seem to be kind of like one big family. Um, Top picture Canada. Yeah, like Canada is stereotypically nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so they all. I think this is actually the second time we've dogged on Canada. I wouldn't be. I'm surprised it's only the second time. <laughs> um, but in this case, it turned out to be really cool. I think it is one of the better art styles of of the entire game. Uh, and Cappy does really good work. Uh, so you should play uh, Super Time Force and uh, other games that they've made. I know Beyond's coming out sometime this year for Xbox One, and that looks really cool. Anyway. Um, yes. Uh, tell me more about, uh, your thoughts on corporeal. Well, the overall theme of this is that you are traversing through this giant soulless corporation. And, um, I I believe that the different levels, um, they take you through different areas of what would make up a a corporation like this. So you'll go through the mail room and you'll go through, uh, management, which has this very Dr. Strange love feel to it. Um, so I can, I can kind of understand why people wouldn't like it for a number of reasons. And, and here's some of my problems with it is for one, I've never really liked the art style and the way they've portrayed this corporation is almost insulting for people who work in an office (laughs) because it's this soul sucking environment and they have very drab colors and it contrasts, um, dramatically from that first level where it's poppy and it's colorful and it's bright and happy to this horrible, horrible place where people are basically slaves to the man. Um, I think that's where a lot of people have problems with it, and I certainly had problems with that, uh, especially because at the time when I bought this game, I was working for a company that hadn't updated their office furniture in a long Mm. time, and there was something sort of soulless about it. Um, And I think, you know, it's almost like looking in a mirror and you – you do kind of accept some of the realities, which is a big theme for a game that is supposed to be about making music. <laughs> um, and then when it comes to that music, it is a very uh, downtrodden um, industrial sound to it. So it's not, it's no longer this happy environment that you're traversing through. Now it's, it's dealing with real world themes and you're still this little, helpless blob that can't even attack anything yeah i mean i i would agree that it it is definitely a jarring switch from the happiness of hello world uh but i think it also helps you once you kind of look at it as a whole picture of all the albums together that it really helps to tell you yeah "Hey, hey this is an eclectic mix here this is not just it fits the need of the game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it does have one of my favorites, uh, favorite songs on here. So I have, uh, I have f- four favorite songs uh, of Sound Shapes. And so uh, my favorite here is the is the second one on this album. It's called Research and Development. Like, to your point with the the businessy thing, it it is really nihilistic. Uh, so it's not just like the art style is uh, drab and and kind of soulless. Uh, but like, it starts with uh, the, the level personnel, and then it moves into research and development. And then the third level of this four-track thing is called Purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and it does kind of go from this uh, business office setting to almost like, um, God, I just, it's like the, um, what, like the trash it just reminds me of, like the trash uh, compactor room of Star Wars. Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like, here's where all of our junk went. Yeah. And there's probably something evil down here, and it just seems really off-putting. Uh, and then the last one is called Event Horizon, and that's 
then you got people with lasers shooting at you and, and that one gets a little weird. Um, but yeah, it just, um, I can't remember exactly, um, the, the tune of research and development. Uh, but I just remember when I was going through it, uh, before we podcasted, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, that, you know, that's a pretty good track. Um, so, uh, I guess it's not that memorable, but I do at least, <laughs> I, I did at least write it down as like, Oh, that's, that's a track I really, really liked from this, uh, from this game. Um, and I think, I think that was a very good point you made earlier about how this does fit a need because even though I was sort of offended and I was sort of disappointed by the album, going back and seeing it in this library, um, I, I definitely appreciate it a lot more. And I enjoy playing it a lot more because I understand what they're trying to say. And I think one of the other problems that people have is that uh, this second album, Corporeal, is a little bit more gamey maybe than some of the other ones are um there are there are you know buttons that you press to get oh uh, yeah you're to right. get like blocks to come down and then you have to move the block onto the space kind of like a, a portal thing to open the door um and and that kind of really slows down the game uh not that not that the game moves at an incredibly quick pace at all but i did get like a little bit of you know, later Sonic the Hedgehog style problems where it's like, oh, this game is great when I just keep moving through it and I feel like I've got a flow and it's great. Uh, and then you get to a puzzly part where you have to slow down and wait for things. And it, it just, it wasn't as smooth an experience. And yeah. while that's fine, I mean, taken, taken wholly as part of the game, like it's it's just a different way of, experiencing it it is uh it's not the most smooth and it it feels a little off with some of the other albums Um, i get that um when it comes to this whole sonic the hedgehog comparison and i think i think what you you mean is that you're trying to progress at a a flowing rate a steady rate Mm -hmm. right um i had a very similar experience to that because one of my biggest problems with sound shapes is the jump mechanic, um, which is a very basic uh, thing to have a problem with and would almost be game-breaking in other games if I didn't love sound shapes uh, other aspects so much. But I hate how severe and um, how quickly you fall in the jump. Was that something that you had a problem with? Uh, not really. Uh, I, and I think maybe it's because I... Um, got biased against a different against the entire opposite uh with a game like Little Big Planet because oh, right. when when you think about it Little Big Planet and Sound Shapes have a lot in common they are both these kind of 2D platformers that have a lot of creation aspects uh tied along with them um so I remember playing Little Big Planet and hating it because I think the physics in that game suck I the jumps are so floaty and it feels yeah. wrong. And when you when you make a game that is supposed to be a platformer, feel is such an important aspect. And I did not I did not get that feel uh, from Little Big Planet. So I had a huge problem with that game. And when I'm playing Sound Shapes, there is definitely more of a gravity to uh, a gravity and a crispness and a, a weight to your character that I don't feel like you get in Little Big Planet. So I loved it initially. Um, I do have some issues with um, whenever you're 
hanging off something um or or you're on i mean they have they have vines but every surface is just treated like the same surface um Mm. but you can be on um you can be on a vertical piece of geometry and to jump from a vertical piece of geometry to maybe try to hit another vertical piece of geometry so like jumping from vine to vine um I don't know if the game does a great job on um, translating your jump from where you are in a space. I mean, that that's going to sound really weird. Um, I know what you mean, though. And I think if you've played the game, you can kind of understand what you're saying. Right. Um, so, okay, the, the thing is, let me try to break it down a little better. Um, when I'm sitting on... Th- the side of a, of a circle. Like I'm on the, the right side of this circle where I'm at a point where if I wasn't sticky, I would be falling off it. Um, and when I try to jump to something to the right of that, uh, I will hold the, the right, I will hold right on the, on the joystick while hitting jump. Um, but I think sound shapes wants you to just jump. Because it's like your character has gravity on that on that object, so sometimes you your jumps kind of screw up if you yeah, okay. are moving if if you try to move the joystick while you also jump um, so that that kind of uh, i guess it's like the relative um the relative gravity of your character, the relative uh, placement of your character in terms of like an object. Um, I never quite got that. I still don't quite get it. Uh, no, absolutely. And, and especially when it's, I go through the level and I don't go back and play that level until weeks, months, years later. Uh, I still have the same problem because I'm not, I, I forget. Uh, so it's still like a nagging issue with me with sound shapes that I just don't feel like the physics are quite, Right to me. I mean, they they make sense in the world, but they, yeah, they adhere to guidelines that do make sense, but they don't. They're not fun to play around in. I don't think. Yeah. So I mean, that's a really super nitpicky thing. But there are some levels, uh, especially in the later levels, uh, where you have to do some jumping like that, and it's never really a big problem because, like we said before, the the checkpoints are very generous, and it's it's going to take like what five seconds. To, to get back to that spot. But yeah, and it, respawns are fast too. Yeah. I mean, it's, they don't really punish you for dying. But it was something that kind of annoyed me. Anyway, yeah. um, so we, we talked about Corporeal. Uh, we've talked about Hello World. The third, uh, the third set of levels, the third album, is. Uh, let me pull it up just to make sure I'm getting the right one. Yes. Beyond, uh, Beyonder? Yeah, this one's actually my least favorite. Uh, yeah. I thought uh, this was really uninspired, especially compared to the first two, but even all the, the, the two albums that come after this. This is not a very uh, creative approach, I don't think. Yeah, so this one, uh, the music is again by Shahan Leem. Um, his, his uh, I, I guess his name as he appears in the game and uh, his artist persona is called I Am Robot and Proud. 
Um, so the music's by him again, uh, and you just kind of heard him from the first set of levels, even though I feel like the music is very different from the first set of levels. Um, and the graphics are by a, a guy named Colin Manser, who uh, I'm afraid I don't know from anything else. Um, but this is the album, and I don't I don't mean to put down sound shapes, because I, I do think it is one of the better games I've ever played. Um, this one feels like padding. Uh, because it has five tracks instead of the usual four, and there's a mm-hmm. there is an album that uh, comes later that only has three, which is tragic because it is the best album, uh, bar none. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of I, I feel like Beyonder is let's throw all of the generic video game levels you would expect from a platformer into mm-hmm. one album just to say they're all there. So the uh, like the first track on that album is an ice level. It's called Hypo Hypoglacia, which is a good pun, but um, still, uh, it's ice. Hey, guess what? No, we no, have an we have an ice level. <laughs> uh, the next one is called Thermogenica, and it's a lava-y, fiery level. Uh, the next one is Mechanica. That is you know that is your kind of gears building metropolisy kind of place. Uh, the next one's Aquatica. That's Water, obviously, and then extraterrestria, which is kind of spacey. Um, so even though they all kind of tie into each other, my favorite thing about this album is that every once you end a level, like when you're getting to the last few stages, last few screens of uh, like Hypoglacia, it starts to transition. And you can see in those last couple screens that I'm going from an icy world to a fire world. And it only takes a screen or two to give you that transition. So it feels like it flows really well into each other. Um, but it does really annoy me that, like, man, this is just generic video game platformer <laughs> stuff. Uh, even even with the, the guise of... Um, of sound shapes and you get like the, the, the music part of it too. So it feels a little bit different and it's still solid. I, I'm not going to say any of these levels are bad, but I can, if I'm going back and playing this game just for fun, I would totally skip this album. This. Yeah. I'm not playing it. Yeah. Is that now this is the album that the hovercraft gets introduced, right? Yeah. Or the, the submarine also same mechanics. Yes, there. I know Extraterrestria at the very least has the kind of UFO rocket ship thing that you can get in. Um, I think Aquatica has, and then I think it's Aquatica or one of them that has like bubbles that work in much the same way. Yeah, uh, that's right. Basically, the idea is your character has gravity, um, but can stick to things normally. And when you collect, you can hit a checkpoint where you miraculously get bubbles around your avatar and the bubbles allow you to move anywhere in space. Uh, Freely, yeah. yeah. You don't stick to anything. You just can free move, uh, which is interesting as a way of changing up the gameplay. Uh, and I think really helps once you get into the level creation stuff where you can kind of make semi different games uh, from just a regular platformer. Mm-hmm. Um, by by having a level that is totally dedicated to bubbles or having bubble areas like the campaign does that you can go through uh, specific parts and kind of break up the, the regular thing. 
And then uh, it also does have the uh, the kind of rocket part. And the rocket is, is very similar to the bubbles. You still have kind of free movement, but it's a little quicker, a little more inertia-based, and you can also boost. And the boost will, uh, you know, rocket you. Uh, I, think it, I think it rockets you up. Or is it is it only up, or is it just whichever direction you press? I think it's I think it's only oh, up. I uh, but if you're like, if you're moving to one side, you tilt, and and it would kind of boost you a little bit in that in that direction. But uh, I think it's basically up. Um, so yeah, it does change the way the levels work uh, a little bit. But I, yeah, I think that's Beyonder's one contribution to this game is that it introduces this in a very simple and safe environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's weird is that there are uh, so there's the bubbles that that let you free move, but then there's also a um, for for lack of a, a better term, there is a uh, like substance that can be spread throughout the levels. It's really just like, hey, if you hit um, something that has this uh, pattern on it, that this anything you go through that is also. Um, like has different properties. It's no longer just air. It's like there's a actual watery one. So you can, your character can kind of jump in the water and slowly sink and, and jump Mm -hmm. to kind of swim almost. Uh, And then there's also one that um, allows you more or less to just free move through that as well. Um, So Mm -hmm. it kind of feels a little redundant to have both that and the bubbles, but um, that might just be a concession for the level creation to make it easier for people to kind of do whatever they want to. And, and to that point, there are some points in the levels where they kind of have tractor beam kind of things where you can free move in this one little line and you wouldn't have that, you wouldn't have that limitation, uh, that good limitation, gameplay limitation, uh, if you just had the bubbles that allowed you to free move anywhere. So maybe there's a place for both of them, but um, it, it is kind of weird to have similar mechanics in the same game. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's move through Beyonder uh, let's, because let's skip it. Let's n- neither of us really uh, <laughs> seem to care that much, uh, and we'll move on to Decade D Dash Cade music by Dead Mouse, and uh, the graphics are by a, a place called Pixel Jam that uh, that does. Uh, what you would expect. They do pixel art. Um, and, and I think they do a pretty solid job. It's like rounded, pixely looking art. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a decent enough art style. Um, so kind of lit by a black light, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's got a, a neon-y vibe to it. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of really vibrant colors uh, on black backgrounds. This is almost all space-themed. There's, there's like space and maybe a little cavey, underground-y stuff. Um the this very much feels like a retro uh kind of throwback to uh something like space invaders there are even characters that uh enemies that fly around that are very much space invaders um that will that will shoot you and then you're also like jumping from asteroid to asteroid and it just has a a very retroy feel uh, to that um i i know who dead mouse is uh i i've seen i've seen a head you sound like an old man. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the kids like. They're talking about this dead, <laughs> dead, dead mouth five. Who's that? Who's dead mouth five? Um, 
So I know yeah. who Dead Mouse is. Like I've seen the the helmet, uh, like mascot head, whatever. Um, and and he's a DJ. He's a, yeah, he's a progressive house artist. Um, he's I mean he's video game music man. He is um, very. He, I don't want to say trancey because trance is a genre, but he does have trance elements, and it is very much dance music and and it's club music where it should be low lights and hot sticky bodies in a small room um and he doesn't do that much different on these tracks it's a little more stripped down because there are notes that you need to pick up and add elements into his music so it's not as full of a sound uh that he's normally known for on his albums but it's very much uh in his in the same vein as his uh studio work and his live music uh, which is something that I actually really enjoyed because Dead Mouse is, like I said, I mean, he's some, someone that a lot of gamers listen to normally when they're just playing games. Um, and his his tracks fit really well with this kind of, uh, not only art style, but with this kind of game. I, I With the exception of the um, car levels uh, in, the, in the DLC, I would say that these are the most aggressive tracks of, of the entire game. Yeah, there is something kind of imposing about them and something intimidating about them. And even the, the actual levels are a little more difficult than they have been in the, in the previous albums. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. There's, there's some harder platforming. There's a lot more uh, red things that will kill you. Uh, it's a lot more twitchy jumps. Um, and um, it's the, even the art style has, uh, or the palette rather, is a lot harder and uh, has a lot more contrast. Um, so it just feels maybe a little too bright and a little too intense. And the music reflects that. And I, I think it really does give you a sense of, of place out of that. It gives a good atmosphere of hellishness almost. Um, mm-hmm. There are even some alters to dead mouse throughout some of the levels that you find. And, and they just, I mean, they're they're little bits of background things that are that look kind of mm-hmm. neat, but um, I, I I like this album. Um, not it's it's not one of my favorite albums, but I, I do like it. I, I I don't think I could pick out any one track that I like above the others, um, but it is a it's a pretty good album. I would say overall. Is there anything yeah, from this, this one that you really like? This is probably my second uh, favorite album. Actually, uh, I know you love the next one coming up, and I do too. But um, I think that first song on this album, um, Disasteroids. Disasteroids, yeah. Which is um, there's some really good names in these yeah, in these tracks. Are, all of them are based off old old video games: Galaxanoids, Invadernoids, Invadernoids, yeah, Breakanoids, yeah. Um, and I think I don't think that I like the first track because it's better than all the other tracks. I think one of my problem, one of my personal problems is that I tend to like the first track of just good albums in general better, I think because it's it's new and it's refreshing. And so I, I have a special place in my heart for this first track, especially coming out of Beyonder, the, the album before this, which is a very, in my opinion, boring album. Mm-hmm. And to come out and have Disasteroids and this, this pulsing beat in your head and this, this tough environment and this unforgiving environment uh, is a lot of fun, and it's what uh, I thought Sound Shapes was going to be from the get go. I didn't realize that there were that there were different albums. I thought this was going to be it for the entire time. Mm. 
Um, so I I like this album a lot. I wish it was more than three tracks, but I understand Dead Mouse's. Um, oh, there's four. Pop. Oh, are there four? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got I got screwed. My favorite one. Yeah, got screwed. you got, you got screwed, fine. <laughs> both this Dead Mouse and the uh, the artists after this are. I don't know how the the compensation went, but if these guys were paid, I'm sure they weren't cheap. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine they're cheap. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe they're friends. Like if they, I, I'm sure they're not like best of friends or anything like that. But, um, but being all in the music scene, maybe maybe there's something to that. Um, do you know where Dead Mouse is from? Uh, I like, thought he was American. Okay, like if you, I mean, if if yeah. I didn't think he was Canadian, but like if he was, then maybe that, <laughs> maybe maybe that's Those part of like Canadians. the. The gaming, the Canadian gaming Illuminati or whatever it is. Um, Wake up, sheeple. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's move on from Decade to the unequivocally best, unequivocal best album on the entire, uh, on the entire game, easily. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, It's Cities by Beck. Um, Beck, who you might have heard uh, I don't know at the beginning of this podcast because it's a it's a theme. Our theme is Beck's Summer Girl uh, from his Eight Bit uh, Variations album. Um, I, I, this is the best album. It's <laughs> uh, not just not just from <laughs> the music. More. I, I think the music is is really excellent, but I think it also has one of my favorite art styles. It's a little bit more drawn, uh, pen and paper look to it, um, and I. I'm just in love with the way this album looks and sounds. Um, it yeah, sounds I like Beck. There's... Yeah, it does sound like Beck. You're right. And I like that um, that they did incorporate lyrics and that they physically showed it in the art style um, because that's a very important part of Beck's music, obviously. And so they have accurately reflected the artist in the song and they, have, they haven't made any compromises whatsoever. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, the first track is uh, a kind of title track. It's also called Cities, and it is it has all these buildings that uh, you know seem seem okay at first, but then it's almost like you're starting to go through a battle uh, a battle zone, war zone, where um, you know there's there's fire, uh, there are missiles, there are bombs that that blow up and push you to uh, complete the screen quicker because it it just keeps expanding red of the, of the explosion and you just need to get out of that. But it's a very stylized looking explosion. Um, I mean, it's not, it is nowhere near Michael Bay. It is like you add another layer of red, uh, to the level. Uh, but I, I just think it is such a really fascinating look of the level. And I, and I think, um, the music is really good as well. Um, there are these long, drawn out um sounds like an an ah that uh, gets gets used throughout a lot of the background sounds and that ties into a a specific cloud in the game that lasts as long as the uh, as as long as that ah note does yeah um and and one of the cool things when you're actually going in and and playing uh playing with the editor you can make those clouds as long as you want and it doesn't, or, or as short as you want. It doesn't matter because it, it still just ties into 
the ah, and I think you can. There, there are certain objects that you can change their uh, their frequency. So I think you can actually change the length of the ah sound um, if you want to make those uh, clouds disappear at a faster rate uh, and then reappear. Um, but those are cool. Uh, there are just uh, there are some other objects in there that that seem really cool. There's a there's a platform that uh, is made up of four, yeah, I want to say four boxes, four little yellow boxes, and it kind of goes through a, what would you say, is that like a chorus maybe? Where it it says, you know, move a little, uh, break a little, hurt a little, uh, lose a little. I think those are the the four different ones. Yeah, I guess it's a chorus. Uh, But each of those lines changes the platform. So move a little, when it's saying move a little, the platform will actually move just a little bit to the right and then come back. And mm-hmm. break a little, the the platform will uh, like break apart and push up and down a little bit. Um, hurt a little, it'll turn red and hurt your character, so you need to get off mm-hmm. the off the thing. And then lose a little, it turns into nothing, and you will fall off. Um, so it it's a it's a neat. It's a neat device that um, that gives you that visual and uh, audio reference. So I, I was just really impressed with that. Uh, I think this song won for a best song somewhere for like a, a best song in a video game of a year. Um, like not in not in just like a video game press, but in more like a mainstream press as well. Um, oh, I know. And it while it is a cool track. And it is one of my favorites, my one of my top four. It is not my top one, because that has to go to the next track, which is called Touch the People. Uh, that song is awesome. Tell me why I like this song, Pierce. I, I, am I supposed to know why you like this song? Why don't you tell us why you like this song? Well, again, I, again, I am terrible at describing music. Uh, I think when he says Touch the People, uh, it is a really good, high-pitched sound and I like it that it also spawns a bullet hell of uh, these bugs that come out of this. I, I don't know. It, it looks like an ant trap that has just exploded with ants coming out from all sides. Um, and in that level specifically, there's a lot of kind of that um, that gooey, oozy kind of uh, backgroundy palette thing that, that allows you to move freely. It's not the bubbles, uh, so you have a little bit more control in your character. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it becomes almost like a bullet hell shooter where you can't shoot. Uh, so it's just, I, I really like, I never minded dying in this level. Uh, one, because I thought the sound was just really cool. It has a nice background beat, and then I think the touch the people thing sounds really awesome when he says it. Uh, but... I think it's just such a, a visual treat of, you know, trying to get through this ever increasing amount of redness that is, that equals death in this game. And, and I really found it to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, anything always, you can expand like, upon with that? Um, I actually have a question for you. Okay, go for it. Now, this is one of the, the albums where I felt like the art style was a little more, I don't want to say disjointed, but uh, it wasn't as cohesive as some of the other albums. Yeah, I, I'd agree. 
Uh, I think uh, Hello World and Corporeal and uh, and even the Dead Mouse one have uh, a, a better flow to it. I mean, even Beyonder, in a, in a way, has a better flow to it because of the transition slides you get before the end of each level. Um, but maybe it's just the way I listen to music where uh, I like... I like listening to individual tracks, whereas you uh, actually like listening all the way yeah, through I mean, albums. Um, that's which, true. I am looking at the album, as which, a whole. which is technically, which is kind of a story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> um, with an argument that we have had and will continue to have uh, probably through the end of time, or yeah. uh, or when you kill me, or I kill you, and then the argument will probably be over as well. Which is really the inevitable <laughs> friendship. Um, yeah, uh, I, they, they definitely feel like three separate tracks. Uh, the third one, uh, I think, is also pretty good. It, it's not as good. It's called Spiral Staircase. Uh, it's a little more dreamy. Um, and you, even the level itself, I feel, is kind of disjointed because you kind of go through this home area that has, you know, lamps you need to jump from one to the other. Um, and then it goes outside, and then you go into the clouds, and you get the bubble thing again, so you... Uh, can kind of freely move around the sky, um, and I, and then there, are, there are little dudes. I don't think they're like any specific animal, but they've got like little ears. They look like the kind of the cats from Animal Crossing. If you've ever played Animal Crossing, uh, or they've just kind of the like the two big spikes on their heads as ears, and then mm-hmm. just kind of like regular human bodies, um, and they have their own specific. Um, spoken lyric lines that they'll spout out at different frequencies. Uh, so those can be kind of cool, but uh, I, I feel like that's the weakest track of this album, uh, even though this album, I think, is musically the strongest one of of the five. Um, speaking of musically, I did look it up. Dead Mouse is from Canada. What? So, Canadian Gaming Illuminati! <laughs> we were right! Beck isn't though, right? He's from <laughs> California or something. Uh, yeah. We don't know. He could be lying on his birth certificate. I mean, Beck. Like Beck's, a, Beck's a weird dude. I, I'm sure he spent some time in Canada. Probably corrupted him. <laughs> Poor bastard. Um, as much as I do really like Beck, I don't. I don't know much about Beck. Uh, I know he has a new album out, uh, Morning Phase, that came out last year. Um, that people seem to yeah. to, to like. It's, it's the spiritual successor to uh, his album Sea Change, which came out in like 2002, I think. Um, it's good. Album. Yeah, we had we had a little discussion about this earlier today. Yeah. I've been going through a Beck phase again, which I, I tend to go through every like two years. Just listen to a bunch of Beck. Uh, yeah, you're right. Beck is from LA. Ah, good. Anyway. He's one of us. <laughs> yeah, we can claim him. Uh, I, I'm surprised Justin Bieber isn't on this album. Are you? Are you? Uh, um, and uh, isn't Creed from? <laughs> yeah, no, Creed. Sorry, from you are right. Oh God. Jesus. Okay, sorry, Canadians. That's, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you ruin this podcast with that? Um, but yeah, uh, the uh, I, I actually haven't listened to a whole lot of Beck, despite being a fan. Um, so I'm probably going to end up downloading that album after this podcast is over. Um, so that is effectively the game. When I first played this in 2012, that was all you had. Um, 
in terms of story levels. Um, they added later, I want to say uh, the next year, 2013. In fact, I'm positive that it was 2013. Uh, they added um, a two-level two pack that was more about getting more components into creators' hands so they could make even crazier levels. Um, but they added two vehicles. Uh, so vehicles, uh, more or less like the bubbles and the, and the rocket ship, um, but these two are cars. Um, so there's one that's kind of more like a Trani bike that is really fast, uh, that is just two wheels. And um, it's almost like, oh, what was that? There's like some radio remote-controlled car that even when it flips over, you just keep going oh, and yeah. race on the other one. <laughs> that that always on. looked like the fucking best thing. I never had that one. I had a couple. I had one that was really fast, and then I had one that was kind of more like a, an off-roady thing. Uh, those are my only two remote-controlled cars, and I love them both. Um, but I always wanted the one that could flip and keep going because that just looks so badass. Um, so in a way, I, I got that with uh, with this car pack. Um, the album is called Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Uh, which, whew, a so little, little rough on the pun. Uh, this, <laughs> The music and graphics were both done by Queasy Games for these two. Uh, and then the second level uses a different car, uh, and it is more of like this off-road spike machine. The body of the car is a skull, and you're kind of sitting in where the brain would be when you get into the into the car. And it like, shoots flames when you boost and looks ridiculous. And uh, if you flip it on its head, it explodes. So you need to be a little careful on how you drive that one. Um, but uh, so whereas the first song with the with the Troni car is, you know, as you'd expect, a little bit more electronic-y um, and, and smoother, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the death car one, it's, it's, ba- it's metal. It's really okay. just metal. <laughs> it's metal. <laughs> it is the, it is death metal, uh, as far as sound shapes can do death metal. Uh, See, I never bought the DLC, but they have a tutorial, I believe, yep. just in the base game if you buy now, and they, they have that death car. Oh, really? Um, and that's the reason why I didn't buy the DLCs because I played it with the death car and I was like, this is, this is stupid. I yeah. Like, I don't want to play this. Uh, the, the levels themselves, I think, aren't the best. Um, the, uh, especially the death car one uh, because it is a lot about, um, if you've ever seen like those cars, Jeeps that, that try to go up mountains. Uh, I forgot what, what it's exactly called, but you're, you're yeah. just like driving up mountains and, and rock faces. Um, that's what this feels like where it's a lot of little adjustments to, to try to be sure what you're doing. Um, and you, you can rotate the car and you can totally fuck yourself up. And I, I don't like that one as much. Um, the Troni car, that level is a lot more Sonic the Hedgehog style where you can go pretty quickly. And it usually has, for the most part, those levels have really smooth curves that allow you to just kind of boost and fly through them. And that can be kind of exhilarating. Um, And I think, uh, I I don't know if I've actually seen levels that have taken advantage of it um, from the community um, as much as I would like to. But some some people have gone out there and tried to make levels that are are more, you know, this is going to feel really, really fast paced uh, compared to the the much slower pace of the main game. 
but yeah, I, I think the the DLC was only something like three bucks, which seems fine when you're getting two levels and two vehicles that can really change the way you make levels. But uh, if you can get those cars in the tutorial or even just use them in the tutorial, I think it really does detract from from that DLC. Yeah. To, to be fair, uh, they, they have had multiple sales on that DLC. There have, there's also been tons of other smaller DLC that are just um, uh, tone packs. So yeah. you can you can buy, like, here's some uh, synthesizer tones that are 80s themed. And here's some acoustic guitar ones. So you can really kind of fill out your levels with uh, more interesting music um, than the than the standard they give you. Although the standard they give you, I think, is is very much uh, uh, solid as as a way to make music. Yeah, um, ne- neither of us really create levels that often. No, uh, I have made two. Um, they were both based off of other franchises. Um, uh, instead of making one one of Mario, which uh, there are a few one ones uh, on the on the uh, um, PSN location. One of the cool things is that the, all the levels, if you make a level in the PS Vita version, uh, it still works on the PS3 version. So people can download those levels uh, no matter what platform they made it on uh, or what platform they own. And still get the enjoyment out of it. So that's pretty cool uh, in, in that you can share that stuff. Um, I found one that is is pretty true to 1-1. To one, one, um, but it doesn't let you go down the pipes into the, into the underground sequences. Uh, which is weird because it's functionality that Sound Shapes actually has. There are some tube uh, and teleporter uh, pieces uh, that you can get from from some of the different levels, so it, you can totally do that. Uh, and it's weird that somebody maybe, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, there is a space limit to, to what you can make uh, as far as the levels go. But I don't know. I, I so that one is pretty faithful in terms of you know just the level geometry. Uh, there's another one that I feel like is more um, keeping in line with the idea of Mario. Because uh, you can go underground into that, but it's it's a much shortened it's much more shortened version of one one, where you're not going to you know find everything specific, but it has a better Mario feel. Anyway, despite feeling like it's a little uncreative to uh, to just make Mario levels in uh, any game that lo- allows you to make platforming levels, uh, I decided to take a step up small baby step up and i uh, recreated mega man levels uh specifically the one i made was woodman from mega man 2 uh, which is one of my favorite um levels um, i guess of all time but especially in mega man um because when i saw sound shapes and the way that they have the the specific screens that move like you go from screen to screen that is very much like a mega man and i wanted to to do that. So I did. And, and I was able to find reasonable facsimiles of a lot of the Mega Man enemies and a lot of their patterns. Um, so in that Woodman level, uh, in the original game, there is like a tiger, a blue tiger that shoots, um, an arc of fire, um, at you. And while I wasn't able to find something that did exactly that, I was able to find, uh, this bigger enemy that was that like sees you whenever you um, 
whenever you're in its eye line, it will try to shoot lasers at you. And it has, you know, it, it seems somewhat like that enemy. Um, so I think if you, if you're a diehard Mega Man two fan and you play through that level, you go, Oh yeah, there is something, something to that, that it's, it's kind of close. Um, I could not recreate the Woodman theme <laughs> through sound shapes. Uh, that was just impossible uh, when it came to trying to make uh, one. I, I can't make music. Uh, I, I wouldn't know even where to start on how to make tones. But um, I was able to, you know, string some coins together that make you know something that I think sounds kind of cool. I, I probably have too many notes in in that level. Um, how long did it take you? Uh, it probably took me a total of, I don't know, like five, six hours to make something like that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit more. Uh, it's definitely something you, you keep tweaking as it goes through. And, and one of the nice things is that before you can upload a level, it makes you play through it. So, um, you're not going to, you're not going to find a level online that's broken, um, you need to at least be able to finish it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess you don't have to be able to collect all the coins, uh, though that'd be a real dick move if you if you just hid some coins where people can't reach them. Uh, I was playing a, a community level today, and I got through all the end, and I was missing four coins. And then I went back through again, and I was missing three coins. Nah. <laughs> I don't know where they are. Yeah, but some of those guys the get you. Have all, yeah. Um, but it's... Uh, I, I think it's an all right level, uh, the the Woodman one. The other one I made is a little more original. Uh, it's kind of based, it, it's more space, it's more generic space, but I kind of based it on FTL because that was the game I was playing at the time a lot when I uh, when I decided to make a level like that. Um, so you kind of go through this space station that uh, has been overrun with alien spidery guys um, and then I guess you like go up into a tractor beam that takes you up into a ship and the ship's kind of weird. And then uh, I think you get shot out of the ship or like abandon it. I I can't quite remember. It's been a while since I played that level. Um, And then you kind of race through asteroids to get to the end. Um, But it was, it was a really fun one to make uh, because I feel like mechanically it does some cool things that you don't necessarily get from the main game. Um, but uh, I don't know if you played either of my levels. Um, I, I, I did. <laughs> well, I'm I'm very. That's flattered. again from your badgering. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's like to be your friend. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Ah, uh, did I badger you? I probably. No, I, I feel like I would have just mentioned it. Like, hey, I have levels. You can play them if you want. <laughs> Maybe it was like a, a little bit of guilt in there. Uh, yeah. that sounds like um, something I would do. No, yeah, I, I definitely played both of them, and I have played a couple of the highly rated community levels. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I haven't, um, I'm not a big community guy. I wasn't with little big planet. Um, and like I said, I'm not a big create my own level guy. I haven't been since like Tony Hawk's pro skater. Um, but I like, I like playing yours and I like that you had a theme. Um, not everyone has done that. Some people have just, you know, picked cool art style and made a, a level. Right. Um, uh, uh, and then there are people out there, um, who, just like to use it for music. So the level they make is one screen and it has, you know, the necessary platforms to get all the coins, but it's really just there to say, Hey, listen to this piece of music I made. 
Um, because the levels, when you when you actually get into making levels, you'll notice that the um, that the actual uh, screens. It's really just a 16, I want to, I believe it's 16, a 16 note drum sequencer or, or sequencer, not even drum sequencer. Um, so then you just, you can make 16 notes per, um, per loop and then it just continues to loop. So, uh, if somebody can make, go in and, and, and put the coins where they want to, you can make a pretty interesting beat or even if you do it over a couple of screens where it can all work together. Um, there's some kind of cool stuff out there. If you, if you're just in it to listen to cool music, uh, there are definitely people out there who are making levels for you. Uh, mm. and then there are the people who are less musically inclined who can just make cool levels, uh, and then throw in some coins just to have some sounds playing in the background. Um, but there are, there are a couple cool, cool ones. Um, I don't, I haven't actually downloaded a ton to my system, but I just have, I have played a few. Uh, but there is one that I remember. I forgot the name of it, uh, so sorry to whoever made it. But it's just uh, it's one that sticks with me. I think it's one that ended up being a part of. Um, it's almost like unofficial DLC or uh, certified community levels. Uh, but the but Queasy Games has kind of aggregated some of these uh, community levels and labeled them as milk crates. So again, getting into that yeah. kind of record collecting idea. Um, Love it. And the milk crates have, uh, you know, specific tracks from uh, different community members. Um, so one of them, I think, really goes through like a maybe it's like a divorce or a breakup and, and the depression that comes after that. Uh, and the it's not musically. I don't know how big of a deal it is, but the the way the the person has made has taken the primitive. Um, structural pieces that you use to actually build the levels and turn it into something that looks like, you know, silhouettes of people. It really tells a story as you go through the level of, you know, this, this, uh, this separation that's going on. Uh, so that one is kind of affecting. I think there's also one, I don't know if it's the same one. Maybe I'm just getting my themes mixed up, but I, I know there's one where, it kind of like tells the story of a drunk driver and you can see that somebody, you know, dies at the end through this car accident. Um, so they're not all deeply depressing like that. <laughs> um, there are some really cool ones too, but those are just two that, that stuck out to me specifically. Um, so I know that, uh, queasy games had two milk crates, uh, or, or two albums rather, aggregated greatest hit albums in their first milk crate uh that came out uh i want to say somewhat early after the game was out so so either late 2012 or or early 2013 um and i know one of those was uh curated by uh shuhei yoshida uh who's an executive at sony and then uh i i can't remember what the other one is and i'm offline on my vita so i can't find that out but um They've also done uh, another Milk Crate that's a set of four or five new um, albums that are more like curated pieces. And I know like Games GameSpot, uh, the, the video yeah. game site Verge has a has one. one. Verge has one. Um, and and if you want to find good community levels, you can just play through the Milk Crates and and know that you've found some good stuff. 
Uh, and then, you know, if you're, if you're further interested, you can go see, you know, what's, uh, what are popular ones now. And, and I don't know how many more levels keep getting added. I'm sure there are people who are still plugging away at sound shapes and, and the PS4 version didn't come out too long ago because the PS4 didn't come out too long ago. Um, so I'm sure that kind of sparked at least a little bit of renewed interest in making some levels. Um, but there's definitely a breadth of content uh, available online for you to both play online and then you can also download them um, to your Vita and be able to play them offline if you're ever going on a trip or something. And you didn't pick up one of the three G Vitas because you're not a fucking crazy person who would buy that piece of garbage. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, that's most of sound shapes. There are there are two other modes that we haven't mentioned. Um, why don't I tackle one and then you can tackle uh, the other one that you've played with uh, a little bit more. Um, so kind of transitioning from the making levels there's also a bit of a tutorial on how to make music and like i said i am garbage at making music um but i feel like sound shapes can do a pretty good job of of helping you at least understand some music theory um in a more abstract and fun way than you know going and trying to learn learn from a teacher at a professor or something like that um, so they have something, uh, I can't remember if it's called beat Academy or beat school or beat school. Beat yeah, school. Um, so you can access this through the level creator and it's, it will kind of build a ghost tune and it asks you to recreate that tune using the coins. So you, uh, find the right sound, whether it's a drum sound, whether it's a guitar sound, uh, and then you place it on the scale at the right spot, and you're trying to recreate the track that that they've built for you. Uh, and I, there, I feel like there are quite a few. I know I didn't get through a ton, uh, but there are uh, quite a few of those if you want to go through and actually really learn how to make um, some some quality tracks. Uh, and then you can bring that level of knowledge that you've gained into creating levels and, and making better music through your levels. Um, so if you're, if you're really serious about making good levels in sound shapes, which I hope you are, cause I'd love to play them. Uh, you should definitely play through the beat school and, and learn, uh, something more about that. Uh, Pierce, why don't you tell us about death mode? Oh yeah. This is uh, where you separate the boy, uh, sound shape players from the man, ba- uh, sound shape players. Am I right? Bearded men from the uh, patchy uh, whatever you grow. Yeah. Thing. Right. I uh. cannot do that. You're right. I think I am better than you at death mode, though. So let's hold your tongue. Um, uh, yeah, so death mode is... Have you uh, completed all the death mode levels? I have not. Well, then not bow before I'm me. Not good enough. It's because I haven't taken the time to do it. Yet. <laughs> okay, tell us about death mode. I'll let you speak. So death mode is a more hardcore version of um, of the the tracks that are in the main game. So they once you complete the game, you have the option to flip the record over, and on the other side are variations of the the same levels that you played. They usually just take one screen from that level. Um, I don't know if 
do you know if they tweak it at all? I think in some of them they tweak it slightly. Yeah, there are some. Whether it's adding, well, I mean, lot, all of them add new enemies or, or things like that. But I'm sure some of them actually change the geometry a little bit as well. Yeah. So they tweak it just a little bit. And then you enter the level and they there's a message that pops up that says you need to collect um, a certain number of notes, let's say 20, in 23 seconds. And then you press OK and one of the notes appears. Um, there are, I think there are probably like, depending on the level, there's like between three and like eight spots that the notes can appear. Maybe even more than that. Um, I think you're right. And yeah. And every time you collect one of the notes, uh, another one is randomly generated on a different spot on that map and you need to collect that. So you need the, the trick is that you need to go as quick as you quickly as you can from each note and collect, um, your, a lot of number that you need to do before the time runs out. Um, and there is a random element to it. There's not that I can tell that there's any pattern. No. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you can some get a game that I don't know. Uh, you can get totally screwed on runs because the, the randomly put them completely far away from each other. Whereas some runs you'll get lucky and like, Oh, the, they put this coin right next to the other coin that I just got. And it, you can get yeah. two really quickly and that's awesome. But yeah, it seems like they screw you a little bit more than they help you. Which which is kind of, uh, you know, I love death mode, and I, I like that. And there are enemies also, in addition to working against the clock, you can die prematurely. Um, Usually there are tons of enemies, or tons yeah, of obstacles I, I at least, it, that can, like, they're not kidding. They're, you will die yeah, lots of times playing death mode. Um, and it is good that uh, Sound Shapes has done a good job about the respawn, that it is very quick, so... You die, you hit X, you're back into it. Um, but I don't know how I feel about that random chance of... There, is, there was one um, a while back, and I think I uh, like texted you a picture, where the clock actually struck zero. Yep. And what had happened was I just happened to be standing on the next spawn point, and I got the node. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that, because they're, they're, it does take away some of these skill elements, but it does help you in some of the more unforgiving death mode levels uh, by giving you a break <laughs> once in a while. So how do you feel about that random element? Um, now, if I'm, I'm of two minds of it. If um, I can't remember whether there are actual leaderboards for the death mode. Uh, I would assume there are to, to have people who finished it with so much time left. Um, I think that's garbage because of the random element. Like somebody can get a totally lucky run, and uh, and and be able to get something with a lot of time left. Uh, that you know, good for you. You got the right spawn. Um, but in terms of just being a completionist and wanting to get them all done, uh, that randomness doesn't bother me as much because I still feel like even when you win. Um, the randomness uh, it still takes skill like if you're if you are unskilled at platforming you are not going to do well in death mode no yeah. matter what the random spawns are and it um, takes more skill than the, the base game of sound shapes does. oh absolutely like <laughs> the regular game of sound shapes is a cakewalk compared to death mode right. um and cool things with death mode it is a, it's a single screen you're not you're not going through a progression of levels uh it is all right there uh, it, it almost feels like a completely different game uh, because the the notes don't actually make music. 
it is it's a timed thing, whereas regular sound shapes is not. It is a totally separate thing, um, and it's it's really cool for people who want to want to go in and try that. Uh, I do think the random element allows you to develop your skill better and then catch a break from the computer every once in a while. Yeah, you're uh, from, not going to do it on the first try, regardless of how good you are. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, and and my achievement wasn't so much in getting a leaderboard spot. It was completing them all. Uh, or at least completing them all for an album. Or getting through that one that was so hard. And um, I just felt such a sense of accomplishment by getting them done at all. Um, but I, I do think when it comes to... You know, you have thousands, millions of players, probably more thousands, um, <laughs> who have who've played through death mode and are putting up leaderboard scores. Yeah, somebody's going to hit the jackpot and can't be beat. Um, so I don't care about that aspect as much. But death mode is super cool. Uh, they, they do a lot of... Uh, I really like the tweaks they make on some of the levels. Um it, it gives me that same sense of when I play through, uh, like, a multiplayer shooter. Or I've played through the campaign of a, of a shooter like Halo. And then they've taken, uh, or, or like a Call of Duty, and they've taken one of the, you know, campaign spots that you've gone through. And they've tweaked and it just it, a yeah. little bit to make it a, a multiplayer level. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, because it, it's, you know, it's a little bit cut and paste. Uh, at, at some point. No, I feel the same way, though. But it does give me, like, a nostalgia of, oh, man, hey, remember when I played through that level and that was pretty cool? Like, oh, mm-hmm. man, they're total fuckers right now. <laughs> they're making me <laughs> hate that level. But, uh, yeah, like, even going through the Hello World ones, uh, because it doesn't seem like the... Whereas, whereas in the main campaign, it feels like the game has some spikes and lulls in difficulty. Um throughout the throughout the thing like i i think we talked about how the dead mouse levels feel like the hardest in the game mm-hmm. uh, and then you play the beck levels and there is like one hard beck level but i think the other two are relatively easy mm-hmm. um death mode is i would say the same punishing level of difficulty across the board so even when you're yeah. going to the hello world ones where it's like oh hey it still looks happy and i still remember how easy this one was and so carefree uh it will fucking slit your throat as soon as you put it in it'll do it as as much as the as the beck ones will because fuck you it's death (laughs) death mode which is a great name for a mode in the first place uh sadly there's no death mode levels for the uh for the car levels i don't know how you would even do that but um it, it is kind of sad because I want more death mode levels and it doesn't seem like any more of those have been coming. Yeah. Um, and but, at this point in 2014, two years after the game came out, we're probably never going to see it. We'd, we'd see a sound shapes two before we ever saw those. And I don't think we're going to see a sound shapes two either one, because the game is, they're able to build it as a platform, um, more like a, a Minecraft thing. Uh, and two, it's almost autonomous at this point where it's, uh, well, I guess that ties more back to where it, well, <laughs> in a way, I mean, you have people making user generated content. They, all you have to do is aggregate. You're not, yeah, they you're, don't you're have to make any more levels. levels. Uh, and then also I know, uh, Jonathan Mack, uh, is, 
uh, is pretty uh, notorious for um, you know just moving on to another project that is totally different um, and also keeping that completely under wraps until he's ready to show something. So um, I'm not surprised that we haven't heard anything from him since Sound Shapes came out. Um, so I'll, I'll look forward to whatever he's making next, uh, even if it's even if it's something I'm not interested in because. Um, I was, again, like I said, I was really bad at Everyday Shooter, and, you know, maybe Sound Shapes was just the stars aligning for me, but, um, yeah, Sound sound Shapes is, it is one of my favorite games of all time, uh, and it was the game that got me to buy a Vita, uh, I, I bought my Vita in LA, uh, the day after I played Sound Shapes on my, on Brian's PS4, or PS3, I keep saying that, um, yeah, I went to a, a game shop, and, uh, bought the bought the white one that came with Assassin's Creed Liberation because it was on sale. I never played Assassin's Creed Liberation. That game sounded bad, uh, and I, I guess it was. Uh, but yeah, I have a white Vita. I really like my white Vita. <laughs> but uh, You're yeah, selling everything today. I played. All I did was play Sound Shapes. I immediately downloaded uh, Sound Shapes on it and then played it for the rest of the vacation. Played it when I got back. And for a long time, you know, I guess I had Liberation, but I never played it, so it didn't even really count. Uh, Sound Shapes was the only game I had and needed for my Vita. And then, you know, eventually other really cool games came out, and I decided to download those too. But, um, God, Sound Shapes is so good. It is. I have, there's two other things I want to touch on. Go for uh, it. Um, one of which is there is no... Um, one of the things I really like about Sound Shapes is that there's no reward for collecting all the notes. You're not punished in any way. There's no like little symbol next to the level. The only reward is to hear the, the track as it was supposed to be heard, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really fun and very organic way of motivating the gamer because I'm not trying to get a pat on the back. Um, I can progress through the level if I want with only grabbing the necessary notes, or I can, like you said, I can go for those out-of-reach notes and hear that track at, in its fullest. I, I'm going to uh, undercut you a little bit on that. Uh, yeah. Because the, they do give you the score at the end that says, hey, you missed this many notes, which I would think naturally makes you want to go back and, and make sure that you get those. Well, there's nothing reminding you. I mean, no. you're on a leaderboard, but there's no, like... You, you can't, like, bring up a menu and see really quick, oh, sure. I, didn't, I didn't miss Yeah, miss you don't see that here. until the end of the level, but there is, like, at the end of the level, hey, you missed three notes. Um, I mean, it's... There's no trophy. There's no... Uh, I think there no, is like, a trophy. Stuff. I think there's there no is trophy. a trophy for getting all the notes in all the levels. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there would be. I think the first trophy you can get in Sound Shapes is just beating the game. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm looking it up. I, I need yeah, to you can it. look it up. Uh, I, is there also a trophy for each death mode level? I feel like uh, yes. might have been. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good because fuck, I deserve a trophy after beating all. Yeah, of Yeah, I think, and that was one of the the principal motivations for me. I think was that there, and I'm I'm a whore for achievements and trophies. I think they're a great element. I, I used to be. I don't think I. I think I've. I don't want to say outgrown that, but uh, it's it's not something that. Well, I, I, <laughs> I'm so much more mature than you, Pierce. That's that's <laughs> what it must be. Um, um, 
But I, I think I, I did really love that aspect. And I, in platforming, you've always been um, propelled to collect things. And this is a little more downplayed in this uh, in this game. Pierce, I got to give you credit. Uh, it is all um, it is all death mode and beat school. You got to trust the horror and and the complete all campaign levels. Um, so yeah. yeah, you are you are right. You don't have to. Uh, you can play that game however you feel and, yeah. and get something out of it. And the and I guess the quote unquote right way to play it is to collect all the notes so you can hear that full body track. Yeah. I, I mean, really you're, you're just cheating yourself if you don't go get all that stuff. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal game. And mm-hmm. like we said, it's on PS3, PS4 and PS Vita cross by, uh, at the very least between PS3 and PS Vita, but I'm pretty sure it's cross by on PS4 too. Um, it's a great game and you should play it if you have the ability to in any of those cases. Uh, I don't know if it's as much of a system seller as it was for me on the Vita, but uh, I think there's enough reason now to go get a Vita that once you have one, uh, you need to download Sound Shapes because if you already have the system, it's such a solid addition to your to your library. Yeah. And it is a short game, but you will go back and play it, and you will play those community levels and the death mode. There is a lot of replayability to the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those games like a, like a SteamWorld Dig or, um, um, I mean, Binding of Isaac's a little different because it's a roguelike that's different every single time, but where um, it's just like, oh, I can spend an evening or a day on the weekend, just an afternoon on the weekend, just finishing this game. Uh, it's one I've played before. It's one I'll go back and play through again. Uh, I know I have friends who feel that way about like Mega Man X, or uh, like I'm, I'm no speedrunner, but it is uh, it is something nice that it's like, oh, what do I want to do on this Saturday? I'll just play through all of Sound Shapes and be able to have that experience, have it for a day, and set it aside. Whereas right now I'm playing Dragon Age Inquisition and uh, Far Cry 4 on my PS4, and those games ain't short. <laughs> and they're taking me multiple multiple sessions to get through, um, and and sometimes you just kind of need that palate cleanser palette game, yeah. yeah. That that single easy to beat, easy to finish game that you can just get all of it that you need to and be done with. And that's really nice, and Soundshape fills that hole very comfortably. Definitely. Get it in your library. All right. Uh, well, Pierce, why don't you tell me, uh, you know, where where the internet might be able to find you, anything that you got going on that you want to let our listeners know about? Um, nothing that I want our listeners to know about. <laughs> Very secretive man, that. Pierce Corshane. Uh, secret agent. Um, no, but you can, you can find me on Twitter, show, um, PJ Corshane. I'm sure my name will be in the notes of this podcast. It will be. Right? So just capital P, capital J. Actually, I don't think the capitals mean anything on Twitter. They do not. Okay. Well, uh, lowercase p, lowercase j, if you'd like. Uh, and then my last name, Corshane, no spaces. Yeah. Uh, and then you can also find me on uh, PSN, I guess is what I'm playing the most now. And my PSN tag or username, mm-hmm. whatever they're called. Uh, is the perk, which is uh, the, and then P I R C. 
uh, no spaces with that. And then if the capitals mean anything in that, it's capital T, capital P. But I don't think they mean anything in that either. I'm not 100% sure if they do on that one. I, that is your PSN ID identity. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so they, pro- they probably do. Maybe. I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure. I can't say with certainty. Um, <laughs> well, cool. What are you playing on PSN these days? Um, right now, I've weaned myself off of Spelunky. Um, <laughs> Another game that I badgered you into playing. Yeah, and and really consumed me for a long time. And I'm not good at it either. Um, I've reached the final boss like four times, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and I just I need a break from it for a little while. I still love it, but I need to ratchet it back. Um, well, while we're still on Spelunky, uh, I recently uh, added to the Kickstarter of uh, Boss Fight books uh, that that do books based on games. Um, they've had, uh, for their second, uh, group of books that they were doing, they, they've done one set of books, uh, and I bought the Earthbound one, because I think that's cool, but, um, they had a second set of books with a second set of authors, uh, that are kind of like, uh, I believe it's the 33 and a third series for music. You ever read any of those? No. I, I think it's just like in-depth stories about, um about the music and who made them and, and maybe people's experiences. I think it's a little open-ended, but it's supposed to be, you know, just experiences about this music. Uh, so anyway, boss fight books is kind of doing the same things for games, uh, where, you know, maybe, maybe it's done by, maybe maybe the book's written by a developer or maybe it's written by, uh, the developer of the game, or maybe it's by just, you know, a, a really hardcore fan who knows everything. But, um, so, uh, I purchased the Spelunky one that is created by the actual, uh, uh, Spelunky creator, I think is, uh, Derek Yu, that's his name. Um, so I don't know when that book's supposed to get to me and what exactly is going to be in it. Uh, but I'm going to definitely tear through that. And, uh, I've kind of been waiting to do a Spelunky episode, I know it's a little cheater for gamers on the go because uh, it's it's been out on uh, you know PCs before and then it was out on 360 and then eventually came to Vita. Um, but I think the Vita versions where they came up with the daily or maybe that was that maybe that was the PC version they added it later. I don't remember. But anyway, um, the Vita version's awesome and it's one of those kind of definitive Vita versions uh, that that some game that some games seem to get um so i definitely want to do an episode on that and and pierce i'd love to have you back knowing that you've played through a a lot of spelunky with my again with my badgering um but once i get that book and i'm able to tear through it and and get some more background on on spelunky uh we can do that show anyway what else are you playing uh okay so other than that i've been playing last of us remastered on the ps4 um which, I mean, no further words need to be said about that game. It is a breathtaking experience. But I do have to psych myself up for that game. Um, is this your first experience with it, or did you play the PS3 version? Okay. Yeah. Um, so it is a very emotional game. And um, this is what games like Spelunky and Sound Shapes are good for, is taking breaks from games like that. Uh, and Last of Us is by no means as long as something like Dragon Age, but in terms of just the emotional impact of that game. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it does have some length to it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other one is Little Big Planet 3. I just cracked the seal on that like two days ago. Um, 
I haven't played more than a couple hours. Not loving it so far, and I'm a I'm a little big planet defender. I mean, you've played Sound Shapes now, so you've you've broken the seal. <sighs> I don't know what you've that. learned what it is to have a good 2D platformer with creation elements in it, and now you can't go back to the the shittiness of Little Big Planet. I'm going to save this debate for another time. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, I've played the I've I've played one, two, the PSP version and the Vita version, and I don't like any of them. I love Terraway. Why would you keep on playing that? Because it should be a really good game. It should be an excellent game design, and it's just not. And it's sad. Um, but I do like Media Molecules Terraway. Again, I've done an episode on Terraway with Patrick Klepek. Uh It wasn't too long ago. You can find it on GamersOnTheGo.com. Um, but Terraway is a good game, uh, and I wish they could have made better games when they make Little Big Planet. Even though Little Big Planet Three is not being made by Media Molecule, it's made by a different developer that got some assistance from Media Molecule. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah. So those are the the three main ones I've been playing. Um, I own. I bought Dragon Age Inquisition. I did kind of a similar thing that you often do uh, and acquire a bunch of games at once. Um, and I just I haven't played through them yet. So Dragon Age and uh, oh yeah, I picked up Rayman Legends also because it was cheap. All right, good game. Um, yeah, good. Stuff. So I'll play through those eventually. You have good taste, Pierce. Except, uh, except for that say. little big planet, but you know, <laughs> what can we do? I'm compulsed to buy a little big planet. I'm I'm the defender. I have to buy it. That's fair. All right. Well, um, I mean, you've heard what I've been playing. Um, I've been playing a little bit more Binding of Isaac on a on PS Vita. Um, that game is fantastic, and I just started getting to the cathedral levels, which kind of is like a um, another different final boss. There are so many different final bosses in that game, um, and it just seems like that game goes on forever. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about all. of PlayStation Plus games I have that are just waiting to be downloaded. Yeah, Swapper is out for uh, PlayStation Vita this month. You should totally download the Swapper. Uh, okay. it, and I think it's cross-buy as well, so I, you're getting both versions. Uh, the Swapper is excellent. Um, I've been told. I need to play the Swapper. Oh, uh, I thought this was like a personal recommendation because you played it. No, no, no. I, I have merely been told by the masses that Swapper is a really excellent game. And for the low, low price of free... You should totally go for it. Um, Alright. So I've been playing uh, some Binding of Isaac. I'm going to start Swapper relatively soon. And then, it's probably Magic Air's fault from Game of the Year. Um, but I've been playing a lot of desert golfing on my iPod. Or on my <laughs> iPhone, rather. And I hate myself for continuing to play that game. Uh, Did you eventually kick the Destiny uh, yes, yes, I have event. I have kicked the destiny uh, from PS4. Uh, finally, uh, I I did end up buying the Dark Below their first DLC. Uh, played it for one session. Went ah, I I don't like a lot of the crap that you added to this. And then <laughs> I I mean I'll eventually go back because I really like the way that game plays. Uh, but anything that somebody has told you about destiny and why it's bad is right. But yet I, yet there was a long time where I continued to play that game despite all of its flaws. Um, And at this point I just have too many other things to play. Um, So it is kind of fallen by the wayside, at least for now, maybe I'll pick it up 
uh, later and and fall in love with it all over again. But for now, it please, is please don't. It is out of the rotation. Uh, that and Rogue Legacy, I have kicked my habits for uh, at least temporarily. Anyway, so yeah, Desert Golfing's the new hotness, and that fuck that game. Um, do you have you heard of Desert Golfing? I have not. No. Okay, it is it is just a two D very simplified art style game. It's kind of, it looks like it was made on the Atari. Um, and all you do is swipe, uh, kind of like almost like an angry birds in the way that you, uh, line up your shots. Um, but it's just one hole to the next and each hole is a screen, uh, is a screen length. And when you get the ball in the hole, Finally, it doesn't, it, it barely keeps score. Like it, it tracks the number of swings that you took to get it in the hole for that, um, that, uh, hole. And then it tracks your total number of swings forever. Um, and you just keep going. Like as soon (laughs) as you get the ball in the hole, it raises up, uh, makes the, makes it flat. And then the screen pushes to the to the left to give you a new screen that is a new hole that just endlessly flows from one hole to the next this is purgatory it is it is absolute purgatory um and it's i'm 580 holes in what is wrong with you there are people who are in the thousands of holes this (laughs) game does not end and what's crazy is that barely anything changes all of the holes seem to be different. They must be... Ra- I, I, I believe the holes are the same for all the players, but I imagine they were all at one time randomly generated and then the sequence was solidified. But they just keep going. And apparently, I haven't experienced this, or maybe I have partially, um... But it starts you out on this really desert-looking color palette of orange and slightly lighter orange. Um, But I've seen people, screenshots, where people are in the thousands of holes, and it's now green with a blue sky. And I think... working around the world. and, And from what I hear, it subtly changes the color each hole you play, or maybe at a certain point it starts to to change the color, but it's very subtle. And at one point you go, wait a minute, I was playing on orange desert, and now I'm playing on green, what I imagine is grass. When did that happen? (laughs) Um, Also, for me, I think it was around hole 300-something, a cactus showed up. (laughs) And it was so amazing to see that little bit of green on this field of orange. And then the next hole came and the cactus was gone. (laughs) And it's never come back again. On hole, one of the early 500s, I found a rock. (laughs) And the rock had physics. Like you couldn't, I tried to hit my ball into the rock to just see if it was a background piece. It's not. It's in the level. My ball bounced right off it. (laughs) and then i got to the next hole and it was gone (laughs) there have been two holes in the 580 plus that i have played that have had water hazards two (laughs) 
I don't know what I'm doing or why I'm still playing that game. You really need to reevaluate your life. I feel like it's almost like um, the the Peter Molyneux 22 cans thing of the uh, curiosity where all you did was tap at this cube and everyone was tapping at the same cube at the same time. I was really into that for whatever reason. Um, I didn't win. (laughs) And if you did win, you got disappointed because you could work on their next game goddess and it's nobody cares. Um, but it's very much, I'm just tapping away at this thing and I don't think, I I guess I'm getting better at it because I'm able to get more holes in one and it doesn't matter. There's no fanfare. All it is is that you get a lower, a, a lower total score, but who cares because you're playing so many levels anyway. You need to play a hundred holes before it even, uh, gives you like a little icon where you can share your total score for the first 100 holes to Twitter or Facebook. But I don't think it's ever shown up again since. (laughs) I think that's like your one chance to share. And now you just go. It is, it is purgatory. You said it right. Like it is, I don't know why, but it is something like, Oh, I'll play 10 holes and then go do someone else. I, I hate this game. And yet I'm playing it, and I can't stop, and I want to kill myself. <laughs> it's two bucks, too. That game took two dollars out of my wallet. Like, it's, uh, it's not even free. Which is, is it's fine. I mean, for the amount of time I've put into that game, it's worth more than two dollars. But, like, it's not, it's not some free-to-play bullshit game where you're, like, constantly, like, putting in 99 cents to get some garbage. It is a two-dollar game. And you're done. You just keep playing. Mm. Fuck. Look at me looking it up. Yeah, <laughs> you, you should get it. <laughs> so let me see what your score is. I think like my my total strokes are somewhere in like the fourteen fifteen hundred range. And you know, for five hundred holes, I feel like that's maybe not good, but <laughs> it's it's there. I don't know. Like some some of the levels are hard. Like some of the holes are really tough. I've had like holes where I've taken eleven shots, and then I've had quite a few holes where I've gotten holes in one. And the game doesn't care. It is it is ambivalent to any of the workings of the people playing it. But by God, there's a cactus, and I want to see it again. <laughs> I'm tempted to get it. Yeah. I, I'm with some other people who who just want it to be Frog Fractions 2. Like, you have to get to, like, the 5,000th hole, and then it opens up into an entirely new game because you finally figured it out. And I think we've been told definitively that it's not Frog Fractions 2. Have you heard about Frog Fractions 2? I know we're getting into an entirely different territory. No, I haven't. Okay, well, Frog Fractions was a browser game. You should just play that tonight because that's nuts, uh, and it doesn't take too long. Uh, anyway, like it's it starts out as a as a relatively simple math game that turns into a weird not-math game that turns into something else entirely as you play through it. And that's all I'll say because that you should just play it at that point because anything else is going to spoil your experience. Um, In fact, I've probably already said too much. Anyway, the idea, you need to know about that to know that the guy who made that, it was was successful and popular enough 
where he decided to make a Kickstarter for a sequel. And when he made the Kickstarter, he said, I'm not telling you when this game comes out or what this game is. It probably won't even be called Frog Fractions 2. But when you play it, you'll know it. And then you get a copy of the game. I, or, or I mean, the, I mean, you don't even get a copy of the game. It'll be a free browser game, but he's like the so that that rules out desert golfing right to begin with. But you were you aren't paying for a product like you are for most other Kickstarters, like the Double Fine one, where you actually get a copy of the game. You're paying to know that this game will come out at some point, and somebody might discover it, and then everyone will know. Oh God, that was Frog Fractions too. There's the possibility no one will ever find out what Frog Fractions 2 is. <laughs> and and honestly that is okay because I he wants to instill that same sense of holy shit what just happened. This game is nothing like the game I started playing. Um that Frog Fractions the original Frog Fractions did. And if you tell people, hey, this is Frog Fractions 2, it already ruins it. Because you know, oh, this game's going to go anywhere. So you need to play Frog Fractions. <laughs> this podcast started as a podcast for Sound Shapes. Yeah, I mean, you should you should buy Sound Shapes. You should play Frog <laughs> Fractions. That is true of both games. And apparently Desert Golf. <laughs> I believe they both came out in 2012. So coincidence? Yeah. Uh Desert <laughs> Golf D- Desert Golf came out this year. Um anyway, fuck Desert Golf. <laughs> All right. Um so for Gamers on the Go, you can go to gamersonthego.com. That leads you to our Tumblr page, uh which is where you get the entire hub of Gamers on the Go. You'll see all the articles uh and and podcasts and reblog stuff that we do. Uh you might have seen if you are a regular fan of Gamers on the Go that I posted uh, after our Game of the Year stuff went out, uh, you can read my top five, Matt's top five, and Zach's top five. Um, they are all out in text format, uh, as well as the Gamers on the Go Game of the Year show um, that we all talk about our top fives as well. Um, but uh, I did a post a couple days ago, uh, and when you listen to this, I guess it'll be more than a couple days ago. Uh, that is talking about kind of the state of gamers on the go and what I want to do with the the um, the platform going forward. Um, I love doing the podcast. I'm going to keep doing the podcast. Um, I get to talk to friends like Pierce, who I don't get to talk to all that much, uh, and that's really fun. And I get to talk about games in a really lengthy, long capacity, as this two-hour podcast uh, is no doubt uh, proof of. Um, but... I kind of miss writing about games, so I'm going to start doing that too, and that's going to go on the Tumblr. We're going to you're going to see a lot more text posts uh, from gamers on the go um, that are going to be just about random games. Uh, one of the thing that is one of the things that's really difficult about this show is finding a guest who is both available and um, capable of talking about a specific game. 
Um, (laughs) I'm not saying people are idiots. I'm saying that I'm saying there are people out there who haven't played some of the games that I've played. And I tried doing an episode on my own. I tried to do Tony Hawk two for the game boy advance and it was, I don't know, kind of bad. Felt like it was bad. I I don't know. It was, it didn't feel right. It was a 20 minute episode of me just talking into my computer and it felt weird and I didn't like it. And I, I don't know how many other people liked it. So I don't want to do that again, but I do want to be able to talk about games like trauma center under the knife for the DS. And I don't know anyone else who played that game. Uh, I want to be able to talk about, um, you know, crisis core final fantasy seven for the PSP and I don't know anybody who played that game other than me. I, I'm, I know a lot of people did play that game. I just don't know any of them personally, and I'm not friends with them well enough to know that I can get them on the show and talk about it. Um, and I certainly don't know anyone else who has played the uh, 2000 Game Boy Color real-time strategy game Warlocked. <laughs> and that is why that is going to be the very first text post that I do. Um, I don't know when that's going to come out. Uh, I can tell you that I played Warlock for the first time in years last night in bed on my Game Boy Advance. Uh, my Game Boy Advance SP, so I could uh, see in the dark. It was nice. Um, that game, I don't know if that game holds up as much as it <laughs> did in the past. Uh, but uh, that that's a game that no one else can talk about with me. Pierce, when's the last time you played Warlock for the Game Boy Color? Had not even heard of it. Exactly. And and I don't feel like a lot of people have, despite it getting really stellar review scores uh, from IGN and, and a couple other places, too. Um, so it's a game that I feel is worth sharing and talking about. Um, but I just I find it really hard to do it on a podcast format where nobody has played these games. So that's what the text uh, posts are going to be for. And that's how I'll use them. Um, it can be, it, it'll still be gamers on the go style, anything from any platform that is handheld and, and you can take with you. Um, so Vita, iOS, anything from the Game Boy line. Um, if I, if I had a Neo Geo pocket color, I could totally do stuff on that, but I don't, so I probably won't. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to thank you all for listening, uh, and reading and being a part of gamers on the go. Pierce, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, again, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. like I said, once we get that, uh, once I get that Spelunky book and, and I'm able to tear through that a little, little bit more, uh, I would love to have you back on and I can tell you how to get to hell and how to get to Yanma and have you go or Yama Yanma, I think is a anime. Um, and for you to go, fuck, that sounds dumb. And I'll go, yeah, it's really hard. Um, so that should be a fun time. Let's do it. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next time.